This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another Sky Blues Extra podcast sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. It's another episode. I'm David and I'm joined by Tom. Evening, Dave. Evening, Tom. And also by Andy. Hey, evening, Dave, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Very well. And uh, another week in the championship for the Sky Blues. Unfortunately, falling 3-1 defeat to Bournemouth in front of the Sky cameras. But a very difficult fixture, chaps, and one I'm sure we can get stuck into in a little while. But, Tom, what was your sort of, you know, first feelings around it? Yeah, well, I think kind of going into it, you know, we all knew this was going to be a very tough game. Um, obviously, Bournemouth, having been relegated last season, probably one of the favourites to bounce straight back. Um got some seriously good players in their team. Um, you know, they've got players worth, you know, 10, 20 million all over the place. So I think realistically, we knew it was going to be very tough. Um, and it showed that on the night. I thought they were very, very good, very quick, very slick passing. And they did just, you could just see the golf in class between the two teams. Um, you know, we, we just couldn't really get our football going. And yeah, they did make us look a bit like a League One team, I thought. Um so I think realistically, it's not it's not the end of the world. You know, our season is not going to be defined by losing to Bournemouth. Um, I don't think many teams will, will get points against them this season. So I think you know I feel fairly positive really about about the uh, about the result. It's not you know it's not the end of the world. And Andy, last week the chaps were hoping that we'd get something from. Um, I know Dean was mentioning that he could see us possibly getting an upset, and we we're all a bit positive, hoping that mm. you know at St Andrews, where we've got such a great record, we may be able to get something from the game. But it's not all doom and gloom, is it? No, no, not at all. Uh, like Tom, I agree with Tom. Our season's not going to be defined by losing to Bournemouth. Um, they're they're going to be up around obviously automatics, aren't they? They were a different class. Uh, above us, a different cut. Um, you could tell, especially with the second half performance. I thought our first half performance was okay, but the second half performance, 
they just blew us away, didn't they, really? And uh, yeah. But no, um, plenty of positives to take from the first four games, and it's not all doom and gloom, correct? Yeah, exactly. And plenty of talking points as well. But just before we get started with that, let's let's kick off with some of the match stats, which do a bit of grim reading, really, um, and, and show possibly, like Tom mentioned, the golf in class. Um, yeah. How were they reading, Andy? Uh, pretty grim, Dave. Um, we had 37% possession, um, which they had a lot of the ball. They had 639 passes compared to our 383, which has showed so how much more on the ball than how much possession they had of the ball than us. Um, we had five shots compared to their 19. And um, yeah. their, our pass accuracy wasn't as good as theirs either. We had 75% pass accuracy compared to their 88%. So grim read, read in this week on the stats front, Dave. Yeah, and it was a little bit um, shell-shocked, I think, that the team were at, at the start. Obviously, Bournemouth got off to a really, really quick start and their pace, I think, was obvious from, from the beginning, Tom. And and Lerma um, scored a, a great a great goal, very, you know, impossible really for for the keeper, Morosi, to do anything with. But some really good link-up play, a little sort of flick in the box and we just sort of looked a little bit all at, all at sea, really, and, and finally saw the ball go in the back of the net. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just a brilliant move by Bournemouth, wasn't it? Just like, like I said, really sort of slick, quick passing, and yeah, we. Just, I mean, you know, we've got a good defence, but they just they were just stood still. Really, there was not much we could do about it, and it's it's come out to Lerma, and he's on the edge of the box. I don't know who it was behind him, if it was Sheaf or Shipley. He didn't seem to put much pressure on him, which is which was frustrating. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just rifled it into the goal, and there's not really much you can do about them. So. No, again, just a goal that really highlighted their class, I thought. They just moved the ball so quickly, don't they? Yeah. Uh, from from what we would have been perhaps up against uh, last season, um, and even so far this season, really, I think Bristol City and Parts played that sort of football. Didn't see a great deal of that from, from QPR or Barnsley, but Bournemouth really do shift the ball, um, you know, right to left, intricate passing very quickly. Yeah, definitely. And I think... One thing we've mentioned as well is that, you know, these these top quality championship players, they only need half a chance and they'll take yeah. it. Um, yeah. You know, whereas we said in League One, you know, you, you, they might need three or four. Um, someone like Lerma isn't going to miss from that. So if you give him space like that on the edge of the box, you, you know, you're going to concede. That's that's just the, that's the, the level we're playing at now. Yeah, exactly. And actually, it was interesting to see Bournemouth play a sort of long ball, Andy. And from that long ball, there was a really good chance uh, rounding the keeper. Uh, and if it wasn't for Hyam and his heroics, uh, that would have been another quick another quick goal. Yeah, it was outstanding from Dom. Um, brilliant, great, it? brilliant. Yeah, outstanding. Brave as well. Uh, yeah. Brave as a lion. Remind me of Phil Babb, you know, when he was at Anfield, but without it going in, in his nuts. But putting his, yeah, yeah, putting his body testicles on the line. On the line. Yeah, but um, no, it, it was a long ball. It was flicked on by Surridge, who was a, a handful all day, and and Solanke went around Morosi, and then it, put, it looked like it, for all the will in the world, he was just going to put it in the empty net. But then Hyam came across, and that's a, a result of not giving up. He didn't give up the chase, and uh, he cleared the ball off the line brilliantly, and. Uh, he was good all night, Hyam, but um, obviously what a shout from a man of the match. But that was outstanding, heroic play by Dom Hyam. Yeah, and I think also that's the thing. At that point, 
that would have been it could have been curtains at 2-0 that early on I think you'd really be up against it and actually the Sky Blues did go in um, uh, you know in half time at 1-1 I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to that again but Morosi had a lot to do Tom we, we noticed how many shots on, on goal and, and from Andy's stats at the start of the podcast he had a lot to do but he made some really good saves and he probably wouldn't wasn't at fault was he for any of the, the goals really there wasn't much he could do yeah, no, I don't think he could do much about the goals, to be honest with you. But I think he had a pretty good game. But, you know, as Andy said, 19 shots, you know, he was, he was busy all night. And to only concede three was, you know, was was all right. Um, yeah, so, no, I was impressed with Morosi. There was one that he sort of tipped um, out from the top corner, which was a really impressive save. And no, I think Morosi's coming on, um, you know, he's come on even more this season than last season. So, you know, he's he's going to be crucial for us, I think, in, uh, in, in winning some points this year. Yeah, last season saw him obviously, you know, kicking the turf around for a large proportions of the game. And mm. this season, he's just not going to have that as he's going to be switched on. At the same time, we saw how much he played. I mean, he almost played as a as a sweeper, didn't he? With the amount of times that he had the ball at his feet because of that high press from Bournemouth, which was, was obviously a very difficult thing for the Sky Blues to cope with all night. Yeah, absolutely. No, he plays a really important role, as you say, as that sort of sweeper role. Um, and you know, playing out for the back like we do, it can it can be a bit nervy at times. Um, but you know, Robbins is obviously very much sticking to that philosophy um, with yeah with Morosi at the back. Yeah, and O'Hare I think um, played you know at times was was magnificent again. Showed a lot of people, and especially in front of the cameras on Sky Sports, of what you know what he can do and how he's probably going to end this season as one of the championships sort of. Um, I don't know, would you call it most improved? But that that's certainly what he's probably going to show, Andy. And he, he had an effort that sort of come off the post. It was probably always going wide, but good feet by him again. It opened his body out and, and sort of tried to curl it around the, the keeper, but it was just, just shy and, and come off the post. Yeah, our, our best move of the game, this was. Um, brilliant, sweeped out ball over to Giles. And Giles' touch Magnificent, was wasn't absolutely it? Absolutely unreal. That was yeah. some touch, touch of the game for me. Yeah, I mean, if um, you'd had some commentators that were probably yeah. a little bit more fifty-fifty, then <laughs> non-biased. You have, yeah. yeah, you probably would have had uh, some some people saying, you know, giving him some plaudits there. But um, albeit we, we were playing pretty much an ex-premiership team, and that didn't happen. But yeah, Giles again, fantastic, yeah. wasn't it? Great move. Yeah, and the thing with Giles, and I think we've mentioned on the previous podcast, is that his final ball needs to be worked on. But on this occasion, it was fantastically delivered into O'Hare. Nice yeah, he held up, didn't he? He's, it, yeah. He sort of threatened to fizz it across and then yeah. actually obviously spotted that run of O'Hare yeah. and pulled it back. And I think the defender was probably expecting him to try and go past him, get to mm. the byline, and, and he didn't that time. So um, great, great ball into O'Hare, but yeah, very unlucky. It was, and O'Hare's skill to bring it inside. And it was a really cultured uh, shot that just glanced the post. It was a really brilliant move by the Sky Blues. Like I said, the best of our best of the match from us, and uh, really unlucky that we didn't score from it. Yeah, and quite fortunate to go in at half time, perhaps 1 1, if it wasn't for Hyams' heroics, and probably a bit fortunate with the penalty, Tom. Yeah, though um, I thought Sheaf did really well, actually, to win the penalty. Um, he sort of got the ball from from Shipley and he's sort of flicked it forward and then you know the, the players come in and, and challenged him. He sort of he sort of almost sort of ran into the player, didn't he? Sort of made it happen a little bit. Um, but you've got to do that, haven't you? When you're scrapping for points, you know, you've got anything like that, we've got to win a got to win penalties and things. So I thought Sheaf did quite well to win the penalty. Um, and then you know, in my mind, no doubts really with Godden stepping up. You know, he's just full of confidence. He's 
scoring every week. So, you know, he smashed that into the bottom corner and, and then you're thinking, well, we're right in this game now. Tough yeah. first half, but like you say, to come in come in at one one was was really good. We think we were up against it most of the half. Yeah, and obviously none of us can be a fly on the wall of what would have been said in the change rooms at half time. But you would expect they would have been really bored. I mean, that came what f- about six, seven minutes before the break, um, without stoppage probably. I can't remember what minute it was the, the penalty was on, but I think it was around. Um, it's not getting towards forties, wasn't it? Thirty nine, yeah, something I think like so, that. Yeah. And um, you'd think that they would have been really buoyed by that and and, and going in. Um, but then some changes at half time. What what would you think? Um, sort of morose, uh, morose Robbins's thoughts were around that Andy of, of the sort of swap obviously he was probably forced with the, the Leo one but yeah um, to make you know those those changes that early on it was yeah. a bit seemed, seemed a bit odd for me at, at, when you know we obviously got it back to 1-1 to unsettle yeah, the, perhaps the team perhaps so I, I just think um, I think the Leo one like you just said was understandable he looked like he was going to go you know, perhaps I was surprised the ref really didn't show him a second yellow card when he brought that lad down on, on yeah. the edge of the box. I was yeah. surprised. It, I thought the card was going to come out then. So I'm not surprised of Leo going on and not when you've got a standard of player of Rose on the pitch. But I never like seeing players being brought off at half time. I just think that sends the wrong message to the player. Mm. I think it will affect their confidence going forward. You know, if you're getting dragged at half time, you know, how are you going to feel? in the training and in the match or, or even if you're on the bench the next game. I don't think it really does anything for the confidence of the player. Um, the Shipley one, again, he was not very good again, but he hasn't been very good particularly all season and he was playing in his more preferred forward role. But to take him off after 45 minutes, again, I don't, really feel, raw, I don't feel comfortable with it. I just think it. that was no, there yeah. anyone on the no, pitch no. at that time that was doing anything more than, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at perhaps Sheaf here and I'm yeah. thinking what, uh, you know, apart from unbalancing maybe the side, mm. what, what had, you know, what had Sheaf done perhaps that Shipley hadn't for mm. him not to, to warrant that change at half time for perhaps Kelly, if, if we're, we're led yeah. to believe, I'm sure he was fully fit. Um, for just a, yeah, a bit of an odd one. And, and, I, and I know that Shipley's come in for a bit of, stick yeah, um, yes, yeah but at the same time I think well you know I just, for me it's a bit odd they've gone in at half time it's 1-1 they've managed yeah. to get it back let's not forget who played the ball okay maybe a bit fortunate but let's let's not you know forget who played the ball to Sheaf to yeah. then to then you know and I know it was only a small intricate touch but what I mean is he was getting forward he was getting mm. in the box and I don't know I just looking back now I think on on the weekend when we had the the live on on Friday it was yeah. it probably seemed more justified but now with with hindsight and looking back it it just seems to me that maybe it was a little bit early. Yeah. What do yeah. you yeah. what do you think Tom? You... Yeah, I was well, I was going to say like I, I mean I know we went in 1-1 but I suppose Robbins was probably planning the subs before that goal and on you know on the balance of play we didn't really deserve to be going in 1-1 so you know, he did. Re- he did kind of have to make the changes, I think. And yeah, I know what you're saying. It, it seems a bit like early and whatever, but we we were struggling a bit, I think. And he did, despite the fact we were going in one-one, we did have to change things. He had to I try just, something different. Yeah, I just think personally, though, like, I can understand the Leo one because he looked like he was going, but and he, he, you know, but to bring someone off at 45 minutes is just, I don't think personally. 
it sends especially a good message. Especially when we were massively right. up against it, weren't we? It yeah. wasn't like anyone had a really good foot in the game. I mean, you could look around, couldn't you? Even Amir, who, you know, yeah. by even by his standards was struggling. And, and O'Hare at even times was, you know, the, the ball was sort of bouncing it's off him. Like he was trying to make be... things happen. But yeah. it, I don't know, it's a tough one, isn't it? it, it it's very difficult. Um, it's almost like Shipley's a bit of a scapegoat these days. Yeah. Which, yeah, which, which, which worries me a little bit, actually. Yeah, it does yeah. me as well. And I think it's yeah. a little bit unfair. Yeah. Uh, personally. But Robbins is, we know what Robbins is like. He's very uh, cutthroat, isn't he? So um, we'll have to see how that one develops over the coming weeks. Yeah. Do you think he knows what his complete starting lineup is? And obviously, there's been some injuries and stuff. Or do you think he still is? It, but it seems a funny time to be trying it out on Friday night he, in front of the Sky Cameras five minutes in. I think he knows his starting lineup. I think the position he's unsure about is like the Sheaf, Shipley, Kelly, mm-hmm. like the Have holding it. role. I don't yeah, think okay. he knows who his favourite... And You'd think it would be Kelly. If, if, if everyone was fit, mm. I think it would be Kelly. Mm. Um, aim a bit forward because he looked quite yeah. good going forward, didn't he? He had a couple yeah, of shots there. first half, didn't he? The one that the keeper saved, Begovic saved at the bottom right hand corner, yeah. and that one that just went over. Hamer looks decent going forward, and the, obviously that stat that we've all, all seen that he's created the most chances in the championship. So yeah. with Kelly holding and Hamer a little bit further forward, surely that that looks the better option. But now, now he's yeah. now he's the twat's got himself banned for three games. So yeah, <laughs> so it doesn't help that, does it? <laughs> No, he's definitely given um, Robbins a bit of a dilemma there. And like you say, we went in at, at half time. The subs were made. It was Alan, wasn't it, that, that came on? Um, and I've always, was it Alan? Sorry. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and he's always given us a bit more. I think he's always given us a bit more pace in terms of pressing. And maybe that's what, um, you know, maybe that's what Robbins wanted someone to be pressing that, that midfield because they did actually have a lot of time. But it didn't seem to make um, much difference, Tom. And, and, Goslin was was able to make it 2-1. Yeah. yeah, once again, just, you know, just just really quick from them. Like they 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 found a load of space down the right, down their right, our left. Giles was a little little bit out of position, but you couldn't really blame him. They just they just did everything so quickly. Um and yeah, and again, they just they just showed that they could, you know, pounce on any opportunity. And I think um Hyam sort of missed the tackle or the block. And it's just spilt to, to Gosling and it's just, again, a really easy chance for a player like him to put away. Um, so, you, again, just them showing their class and, you know, and any opportunity they got, they they were taking it. So The yeah. question I have but, for both of you, I think, is because Dean was mentioned on the live and I, I think it's that. And a lot of people have said that we're not getting the rub of the green. Balls aren't falling to us. We're not getting the luck. And, yeah, spoken to a couple of people that say the same. But do you just think that is because... For me, are they mental? Were they mentally quicker to react yeah. to that second ball? Are they just are they just so used to playing at that that tempo and that high level that mentally, physically, they were just just quicker than us? And we're not going to come up against a side like that every weekend. And perhaps perhaps that's what it is. Do, do you think it is that, or do you think that that we sort of stood off them and and you know perhaps should have saved the, the second goal? I, I I think they're just mentally quicker. But I think it's a hundred percent that. Just think, the way they got the ball out to the right was just so quick. Like they didn't even they didn't even have to think about it. It was just like the player was there. He knew he was there. He gets the ball out to him. Giles is out of position, and then when it comes across the box, you know anything can happen. And you know, Hyam's a little bit unlucky that he missed sort of misses the tackle, and it spills out to. But again, when it spills out to Gosling, you know 
how many times in League One would a player skied that over the bar or yeah. wide or whatever? And he's just like dinked it over Morosi. Like it's yeah. just a it's a proper Cute Premier finish. League sort of finish, isn't it? Yeah, it was. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. And and then obviously it, it got worse for the Sky Blues. Um Gosling made it free free one, Andy. Yeah, this this goal was uh, I, have a, I have a problem with this goal. Um because no one should pull out of a tackle. Mm. And Hamer, I'm a massive fan of this guy, and he is. And I don't. If there's any man that you thought wasn't good, yeah, I just think yeah, he'd be. Okay. I think he'd it reminds be me of like all old, over it, um, yeah. Terry Butcher in the World Cup. Yeah. It's going back years now, but he was pretty much, you know, on the pitch just to sort of bring Maradona down. He just let him sort of ghost round him, and it, it felt yeah. the same that you just you were waiting for him just to stop him, either close yeah. line or, just... or or whatever. But he just didn't, did he? No, and, um, and then after that. When it's 50-50, you do not pull out like that. It just sends the wrong message to anybody. And it just was really, really, really poor. You have to take him, the man, the ball, everything. And he didn't... Fair play to Gosling. The strike was an absolute fizzer. Yeah, it was a fantastic finish. And he can't do anything about that once he's got into that position, of of course. Lots of prayer for Morosi. And um, it was a great finish by Gosling and he showed his class all game, but... Hamer, unforgivable in that in that sense. It was it was it was a dreadful tackle, and um, someone needs to have a word with him about tackling because you should never pull out of a tackle like that. Dreadful. Do you think though that that is perhaps that he's um, he's aware now of this? Mm. Um, you know, he's picked up a few bookings. He's probably sort of a bit cautious. I know we're going to move on to a point that makes it look like <laughs> indefensible and not cautious at all, but that we can't, you know, people see red mist and all the time. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to sit here and say, I've never done that on a football pitch. And I'm sure you chaps are the same. Um, but at the same time, do you think that's possibly it? That he sort of, he probably knew that perhaps actually if he, um, you know, if he did bring him down there, it's a booking and, He's he's thinking about the you know the perhaps totting up the five rule. Robbins has probably talked to him, probably speaking to him a lot yeah. at that's training. A and, that's a, that's a fair point, that. Dave. Fair point, Dave. Because I think after he missed the challenge, he like clapped his hands like in frustration, didn't he? So I think mm. I think he half thought going for it, and then I think probably what you you're saying about the force of the yellow cards totting up, you know, getting his reputation of a bit of a hard man. I think that was in his thoughts, but. Still no excuse, but I probably agree with you there, Dave. Yeah, that's a good point. Which is tough now, because if that's playing on his mind, Tom, it's going to stop his natural game. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and, yeah, it's difficult. Because he plays it? with it that bite. He plays with that aggression. I mean, he, he he plays with his sort of arm, doesn't he? You know, he, he, put, he you know, shoulders people off and puts his body in the way and his arm in the way. And, and you know, he, he he's had a few little niggles and... It swipes at people like we know that yeah. but at the same time do you think that of course we've got to um, he's got to learn that English football well I mean football in general right but he's got to learn that you can't get away with that in league and also do his, his research on the ref I mean we said in the in the match preview that um, Matt, Matt wrote out you know four cards in two two league games so eight altogether you know we knew that the referee was going to be a little bit card happy um, and he obviously proved that point, but you, you've got to do that as well, surely. A bit of research yeah. to know that this guy's ha- happy to give out cards. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but we, but even with that like challenge that he ducked out of, I mean, I don't have a problem with players clattering another player and getting a booking. Like sometimes mm. you have to do it. Yeah, you just do. It's football. Like you, 
you know, you can't just keep ducking out of challenges and letting no. teams score. Like, Is it fair I, he may have not known where he was on the pitch? Like, I don't think he thought he was in the penalty area, but maybe he thought he was a bit further forward and that there was players behind him. And, possibly. Because he had I, his I back know. to it, he didn't know, did he, that there wasn't players coming onto the ball behind him. Sheaf was dropping back in, although, you know, he, he sort of was out, out of the game. Um, yeah. Uh, dropping back, and I, I felt, and I'll, I'll bring this up with Andy as well. But I felt he he sort of jogged back in a few times, and perhaps didn't give the sense of urgency. I don't know. I suppose we may be trying to defend the indefensible. But just going back to Sheaf, just putting in there. Sorry, Tom, but Sheaf's not fit. Do you think? Yeah. No, nah, he's not fit. Match in my fit, opinion, yeah. no. Not season, did he really? No, nah, he's no. nowhere near. He's no. nowhere near. Mm. And I think Dabo struggled as well. Yeah, regarding fitness, definitely. Second half, he was uh, he was blowing. Yeah, I mean, you you come up against a team that are you know a Premiership outfit. They've played all the way through. We haven't. Yeah, <laughs> and you, you know, and like you say, and actually, you've got players there that that are coming back from injuries as well. So, I suppose, yeah, you, we've got to cut them some some slack in in that area. Yeah. But um, that was it, wasn't it? Really, Tom. After that, the three one, the the writing was on the wall. Um, but then Bournemouth went on to show just how classless I think they were, which was a shock to me. Um, they've always been sort of dubbed as the the Premiership nice boys, and you know the team, the little team on the south coast that have got a nice little family uh, run club and a small little fan base, and they will send Christmas cards to each other every every sort of year. But absolutely just flat and dabbo, um, yeah. three one up. I mean, terrible yeah. tackle. Yeah, re- really, really bad challenge. And, and it's interesting you say that, Dave, about like sort of, you know, small club on South Coast. I've got mates who are Premier League fans, like, you know, Leicester fans and stuff, and they, they hate mm-hmm. Bournemouth. They've, they've said they hate playing them every year, and they've, they've, they've been like this for a while now. Mm. So it wasn't just a massive didn't see that coming. Just completely classless. Yeah. The laughing about the situation, the the niggles, the winding people up. Look, we know it's part and parcel of the game. You've got to be able to handle that. But it just, to me, it's just, it's, it's a tough watch, especially when it's against your own team. But it, it's, it's yeah. a, it was a tough watch, wasn't it, seeing that? Yeah, it was a really bad challenge. And the the way they sort of, you know, what what followed afterwards wasn't great either. But... But there's just absolutely no excuse for our players getting involved with that. Nah. Like we've we've won the free kick, the player's been booked. All right, you know, players might have felt like he should have been sent off or whatever. But there's there's nothing there's nothing to be done there. Like the, hey, there's no way Hamer should be even anywhere near it. Yeah, and he was going over to chat to the ref, wasn't he? That's what he was yeah, doing. But, he's but obviously he's, upset. Yeah. He, he's just obviously given a, a goal away, pretty much. He'll be furious at himself for that. Um, Again, probably wasn't his best game in, in possession. And he was going over, wasn't he, to probably vent his frustration at the referee. Yeah. And Cook's come across and just, you know, and if that's yeah. on the ball with an elbow across the face, that's a red card, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. He's he's wound him up. And I, I think I said this in the uh, in the video me and Dean did last week, that play, they, they're going to come and wind Hamer yeah. up because they know yeah. they can. Like, he's, you know, he, he's got a bit of... You know, he can, he can be wound up quite easily and it's happened there and he's like raised his arm and he's, everyone knows that to play football, you just don't raise your arms. It's just you such do, a shame because he's got like, such an extraordinary talent, one that we mm. probably haven't seen, you know, different to Walsh really. Um, flair, but also defensively minded. It's just mm. such a shame that he's probably got this little part of his game that yeah, really I do needs worry to... About that. 
really need to stamp out quickly because oh, now do, we're without him for three games. Yeah, I, I do worry about him a little bit, sort of mentally, because, like you say, he's such a big player for us. But if stuff like this is going to keep happening, and yeah, it could it could be a problem. But you just got to hope that you know he has these three games off, and Robbins has a you know sit down with him, and they can work out how he's going to kind of go forwards. I think. Yeah. Because um, we can't we can't be having this like every you know few games. It'll really hamper our season if if it does. It's going to have a big negative effect, I think, on the change room. Andy, I've just pretty much tweeted out something similar. We've just seen a tackle in the Manchester United Tottenham game before we've mm. come on air, which was just absolutely shocking from Luke Shaw. This tackle had a bit of the same feeling around it. Would you like to see these types of tackles, um, you know, given a bit more? Uh, you know, red cards, that sort of thing. Cause it was, it was, he was not going to win the ball. He had no intention to. And it, I just felt that it, it was a completely mindless tackle, which is going to obviously risk and put other players in danger. Do you think that the law should be tighter on these sort of things or it, it's just, it's just football roll your sleeves up, get on with it. It was borderline sending off, wasn't it? It was, it was a dreadful tackle. Um, but you know, it, it, you know the ref gave a yellow, and like Tom alluded to, you, you've got to leave it. And I thought, you know, you're, you're talking about Bournemouth's antics. Well, that's what champions do. They, they're, they're nasty sides. Sometimes, sometimes that's the way to win. Mm. And they showed that little bit of nastiness that sometimes title promotion winning sides need. Yeah. And yeah. it's not right. Don't get me wrong, but I think if you if you're going to go up or you're going to win, you need that edge to you. And I think Bournemouth did. Um, not excusing Cook's behaviour. That was a, a forearm smash. He should have gone. By the way, I don't understand why he didn't go. And, he he didn't go and Hamer did. That makes no sense to me at all. It felt like the ref just didn't see yeah. that. Obviously, because it was behind. But it wasn't the ref that gave the red card. No. It seemed like it was the linesman. So no. if he's watching the whole situation, then he needs to have a look at the situation in full, doesn't he? Them, and yeah. and um, you know, obviously. Um, but Cook did did he even get booked? No, well, I think he might have got booked. Yeah, I think he got booked, didn't he? Um, but he should have gone. Hamer should have gone. Um, and but you know, this, we we won the free kick. What mm. was the point of anyone getting Don't involved? Get involved. And now you know, you've, you've got Dabo. You've got Dabo yeah. pushing people in the face. Yeah, yeah. You've got, I, you've I, got I Hamer coming say across. Dabo, one. I think, is a player that they'll target as well. Yeah. We've seen it a few times, hasn't he? Where because he does get. Um, he does get sort of he's going at so much pace when he goes past a player that he does get brought down a lot and mm. I think Dabo's possibly another player that's got that to him where he he, he just he feels that injustice yeah. and, and gets up and, and reacts but it wasn't to be for the Sky Blues on Friday night um, before the 90 minutes well before the final whistle went Mark Robbins made his final change and he brought Sam McCallum on for um, the last five minutes. I think at the time I thought it was quite odd, but maybe contractually it's it's something that perhaps Dean alluded to, Tom. Yeah, possibly. Um, I feel like he, the game was lost, wasn't it, at yeah. that point? We're down to 10 men. We're not going to get anything out of the game. Probably no point bringing on a striker and changing the system. So I think he's just done a straight swap to get some uh, minutes into McCallum. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, no, exactly. I think I think you're absolutely right, and yeah, it, it's it's a shame. Um, it wasn't a game that perhaps we at the start of the season would say we'd get anything from. So I don't feel like we've lost anything. We've got some similar fixtures coming up that are going to be extremely difficult 
But now Mark Robbins has been forced into, um, he was forced into the change of, of Kelly, obviously, uh, through injury. And, and we hope um, it's a sign that he was back on the bench, that he's absolutely fit. I think Robbins came out and said that, Andrew, that he was completely back up and, and you know, he's a fit enough guy anyway. Um, but what, what does Robbins do now going forward with that, that hole sort of left by Amir? Well, personally, I'd start uh, Tyler Walker up with Matty Godden next game. I'd put O'Hare in behind and then I'd play uh, Kelly in the midfield with Sheaf. That's what I would do. Um, I mean, you could play Kelly and Sheaf would be both like a couple of screeners in front of the bat three. Then you get your wing, wing backs bombing on. Um, really get them up, up the field high. Um, because with them two holding, you can get them high as high as possible because they can cover. And then I'd start playing Tyler Walker with Matty Godden up top. Yeah, exactly. And just before we take your thoughts on that, Tom, Andy, um, I think it's probably clear who, but man of the match for you against Bournemouth? I'm going to go for someone different. I know Hyam got a lot of the results, but I'm going to go for Morosi as a keeper. As myself, I was really impressed with his performance. Um, you know, he faced 11 shots, saved eight of them. Um and also, you know, his, his passing accuracy was 92% as yeah, well. Yeah, it was so, great, wasn't it? it was yeah, and that eye of the feet. needle pass. There was no, none of those sort yeah. of early season or last yeah. last season sort of scares, was there? I know Sky Sports commentators tried to make a big deal out of the one that squeezed past, I think, one oh, of the, the strikers. But he knew what he was doing, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they, they, didn't, they haven't done the research on the Sky Blues, the commentators, have they? They were saying, <laughs> oh... Don't we won't be seeing that from Morosi again? Yes, you would if you if you actually followed us last season. Yeah, because yeah. he did it for forty odd games last yeah, season. But um, great, re- great research, Andy Hinchcliffe. Yeah, and for oh. me, I'd say um, Dom Hyam was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it, yeah I think Morosi, you're absolutely spot on. Actually, I don't think he probably a lot of people would be um, given the credit that he deserved, and he certainly kept union. it. <laughs> he certainly kept it down at, um, at a sort of reasonable score line. There could have been a few more, um, but also could have been a few more if it wasn't for Don Hyman. Um, and uh, I think that was a, a great man of match performance from him. Tom, have you got anyone different from those two? No, it'd be, uh, be Hyman for me. Yeah, I thought Hyman was brilliant. And that um, that heroic block, you know, quite literally putting his bollocks on the line for the team. You know, I love, I love seeing players do that because it, it doesn't half hurt when you can go clattering into the post like that. Um, and you don't, you don't know what part of your body's going to hit the post. So no, it, I thought Hyam was, was class um, on the night and yeah, he's my man of the match. Yeah, great. And we've got some tough fixtures coming up, as we mentioned. Um, Andy just alluded to who he would be swapping around and playing with the formation before those fixtures after the international break. Tom, what would you be doing if you were Mark Robbins to one, plug that Amair gap? And two, would you be changing it? I know there's been a lot of reaction on Twitter to say, let's not make knee-jerk reactions. It's a couple of games in and actually, you know, we've picked up points already playing the system that we had, albeit mm. apart from the, the fixture against uh, an almost you know, a premiership outfit and, and likely will be next year. But would you be changing it or be keeping it similar? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we do need to try and work out how we can get Walker into the team at some point. Mm. Um, and, it, and it feels like this might be the opportunity to do it. Mm. Um, with, you know, obviously Hamer out of the midfield, it does present a chance to try Walker and, and Gordon up front and see how that goes. I think they, those two could have a really good partnership um, so yeah, I, I mean, but it's you know we've got some really tough games coming up. I mean, but like, do you Brent- think that with Tom with the tough games coming up? Because 
I know I don't want to be, um, but I did I did have a um, couple of comments on on Twitter actually, and I mentioned thinking that you know we do need to adapt sometimes. I think last last season in League One we just bowled everyone over with that style of football and kept that formation, but you do need to change that up a little bit and adapt, don't you, to to different um, sides that have obviously you know posed different questions and Bournemouth yeah. certainly did that with their pace and actually perhaps if we had two up top and we had that long ball get out um, we may have been able to relieve some of that pressure off of us whereas actually it just came keep coming back at us didn't we because we yeah. lost that battle in the middle of the park yeah 100% 100% I think I think Kelly coming back in will make a big difference as well I think because that's quite a defensive games, setup now, isn't it? If if Kelly comes in and Sheaf stays, it's quite a defensive um, middle yeah, setup. Yeah, it is. But I just think you know, especially their third goal, goals like that wouldn't have happened with Kelly in the team, in my opinion. Mm. Um, he's good at sort of closing down in in those spaces. Or Doyle. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think he'll make a big difference and. Yeah, like I said, we'll perhaps present an opportunity for, for Walker to get into the team as well. Yeah, it's a great shout, isn't it? Because he, he's obviously got to do something. You've probably not got anyone that's going to be, play that middle of the park sort of ball-playing flair that, that Amir is obviously going to... I won't read anyone else, have we? For not, that role? No, not really, no. No one that you could see dropping back in. It wouldn't obviously be Alan. He's always going to play that role in behind. So... Um, yeah, that looks pretty sewn up. And would you be making any changes to that back three um, that that obviously, you know, Ostergaard um, was booked and, and brought off early? Do you think Rose did enough to threaten that position, Andy? Yeah, I'd, I'd bring Michael Rose back in. I thought um, Ostergaard's performance was, uh, a tr- well, not very good, to put it that, put it kindly. His he was really at fault for the first, well, not at fault for the first goal. He gave it away, didn't he? Mm. And then they scored from it. He did a dreadful tackle that he got booked, and then he was he was really lucky not to get sent off towards the end of the half. So, Robbins has already already stated that he thinks Rose is his best defender at the club. So, I can see him starting against Brentford. Tom, any more changes from you, or are you you pretty happy with that back three? I mean, yeah, I've been I've been pretty happy with Ostergaard. I think he, he like Andy said, probably didn't have his best game on Friday, mm. but. It, but yeah, it's, it is quite hard for Rose to get back into the team. I think um, we've got four very good um, centre halves. So um, be interested to see what he does. He might he might bring him back in for the for the Brentford game. Robbins um, has got his favourites, Tom. You know that he yeah. loves he loves McCallum. He loves Rose. Rose will be playing Saturday. I bet two weeks time. I bet you anyone there. I'll, yeah, I'll wager. I'll give you a couple of quid if if he's the possible <laughs> plays. All right. Yeah. Do, do well, you it, think it, he could see McCallum coming in as well then, Andy? Do you think? Oh, well, it wouldn't surprise me. I think it wouldn't surprise me with Robbins because obviously he, has, he loves his favourites, but maybe not both of them at the same time, but definitely Rose. I suppose Rose is our own player as well, isn't he? So obviously Ostergaard's yeah. a lone player. So, yeah. you know, if it's a toss-up between the two, you'd probably go with Rose given the fact he's our own player. Mm. Um, he's just signed a three-year contract. You know, mm. we, we, we need players like that in our, in our team week in, week out, in my opinion. So let's just remind you, uh, listeners, sorry, at home about uh, the fixtures coming up. Um, and you might have to help me out here, chaps. But Andy, we've got um, right. obviously Brentford next. Brentford, uh, Swansea at home and Blackburn. Is, is Blackburn at home or away? It's at home, yeah. At home, so two big or home Swansea. games after the Brentford. But Brentford have just lost, haven't they? So um, they're on the same points as us. So um, big game. 
Yeah. yeah. They lost Preston. to Preston 4-2. Yeah, very um, yeah, interesting fixture. But um, if I had to push you for points from those games, would you yeah. be expecting anything or would you just think that, actually, let's tell, you know, and the listeners at home and let's tell the, the, the followers <laughs> that, Actually, you know, not that I don't think anyone's getting on on players back. I've seen a few comments, but I don't think anyone is. I think we all just want so much, don't we? And we all mm. we not expect so much, but I think you just once you get to that, the promised lands of the championship. I guess you just want to perform every week, and we're we're used to winning. But Tom, how many points do you think we can take from from those fixtures? Brentford, uh, Swansea, and, and Blackburn. I, I would say, I think I think four four points would be a good return from them. Being mm. realistic. Um, is, that a, we, is that a good return or is that a likely return? Is that what you're expecting, four points? I wouldn't say I'm expecting four points. Mm. Um, I think that I think they're three really tough games. Yeah. Um, mm. I think, like, if you think, like, Brentford, what, they just missed out on promotion last year. Swansea were in the playoffs last year. Blackburn have been brilliant, haven't they, so far this season? Mm. Armstrong as well, that worries me. Um, so, oh, I think they're three really hard games. I think four points would be good. I think if we can win one of one of the three, that keeps us ticking over, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what we've got to aim for. Is it, I mean, it sounds really negative just saying win one out of three games, but not yeah. at all. You know, you're looking at two two teams that are in the playoffs, aren't you? And Blackburn yeah. that have absolutely started the season flying. So, are you really? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you are. Four, well, I, yeah, think I think would be be absolutely great. I mean, I'm looking at if we can pick up one draw out of them three games then we've probably done well and that would likely be Swansea at home but they yeah, probably seem to be one of the, the, the better out of, out of the three so it's tough this championship isn't it yeah it is it's relentless <laughs> any advance on four Andy yeah I'll snap your hand off at four I think that I think that's a good I think that's achievable I think if we just like Tom said if we get one of the wins out of one of the games and then nick a point somewhere yeah um, I think it's achievable for I will, <laughs> If we get one day, like like you're predicted, would we be in the? If we got one out of the three, would we be in the relegation spots by the end of those three games? All depends on how others have performed, but yeah, possibly likely. But then, you know, then you go on to the next three games. Wouldn't be a great mentality. But I just, I generally think it. But Brentford, Mm. Brentford last season in in the playoffs. Went very close. Swansea got there right at the end. Yeah, no, of course, of course they have. And um, the transfer market's still open, and they've got some money in the kitty. Um, Let's hope they don't do any more. Place for them, doesn't he? Ivan Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they might be doing some more business, but but we don't know. But. yeah, some very tough fixtures coming up for the for the Sky Blues, um, and and great again, obviously, to have you on, chaps. Thanks for for going through the the, the fixture against Bournemouth with us. Pleasure, mate. Yeah, pleasure, Dave. And that's all we've got time for for the listeners at home. Do remember to get involved with the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. All you need to do is use the hashtag Sky Blues Extra podcast uh, and we also thank short and horn of course for being kindly sponsors of the the podcast and do keep an eye out for our live shows they always after every fixture we generally go on air 15 minutes after full time and the whistle was gone and like last week we had some great guests uh, we had mark on who spoke some lot of sense and unfortunately couldn't get rick uh, on who had some headset issues but we shouldn't have them in the future and, and do join in but also send your comments in it's great to hear you your sky blues thoughts and play up sky blues thanks for listening to the sky blues extra podcast
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.